This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. Now, it's clear that leadership skills and other so-called soft skills are integral to professional success and personal development. But not everyone is able to access resources to help them learn these skills. In an effort to bridge those gaps, I have Kelvin Tan, who is the co-founder and CEO of what is called Project ID. It's an education social enterprise that runs high-impact programs empowering underserved students. So he's here with me to discuss how Project ID is working tirelessly to empower students with leadership skills and how those skills will carry the next generation into a brighter future. Great. Hi, Christine. Thanks for having me. Uh, great to be on your show. Uh, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I started my career as a public school teacher uh, under the Teach for Malaysia Fellowship. And then subsequently, uh, I joined uh, management consulting for a couple of years and I joined a couple of startups after that. Uh, but um, uh, throughout this entire journey from being a teacher uh, all the way to corporate, uh, I was running uh, Project ID as a social enterprise. And in fact, uh, I, I recently transitioned into, uh, into a full-time role in, in Project ID. And so uh, when it comes to what is, uh, what, how did Project ID start? Uh, it really came from the time when I was a teacher in school. So I taught lower secondary in one of the more challenging schools in, in Klang. Um, and I saw one big problem, which was uh, whenever uh, students' programs were happening, uh, schools tend to hire external providers uh, to come in to run workshops and, and to give talks uh, for, for my students. Mm. As a teacher, I would chaperone them. And so one big problem was that I saw that the approach was very lecture-based and they were often very top-down. And, and when, sometimes when I would ask my, uh, my students, like, hey, um, did you feel like you got anything out of that, that session? Uh, the answer is usually no. And just to give context, I, I taught in a, in a school that is pre predominantly uh, B, B40 communities. Hmm. Um, and so what I did as a teacher was then embark on a project where I wanted to bring in uh, soft skills for my students and give them exposure to the world out there. Uh, so we started off with career aspirations. And so I put together a, uh, camps, a few camps, a few workshops, uh, some university visits and career fair visits for my students. And I ran it uh, all year, all year long. And it seemed to be quite successful. Uh, my students were, were, were very happy with the program. Uh, parents heard about it. Uh, they were very supportive. Uh, the school community knew about it and, and they always uh, you know, welcome uh, that project. Mm. And so even after I left teaching, uh, I continued to, to run this project on a pro bono basis uh, whilst uh, working with the teachers on the ground in the same school. Uh, and over time, uh, it sort of snowballed into uh, and evolved into a social enterprise uh, because uh, what happened was um, there were many uh, other organizations, uh, foundations and, and nonprofits. They, they came to us and said, hey, uh, we hear that you, you run pretty good, um, you know, soft skill programs and changing mindsets. Uh, would you be open to, you know, taking on a few projects with us? And from there, you know, uh, we, we sort of took on these uh, different projects in, in, as a social enterprise. And today, you know, a lot of our work touch on career aspirations, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, student empowerment and personal development. 
Wow, fascinating. Now, uh, I do want to ask, a lot of this is geared towards the sort of B40 community and also generally students who are uh, underserved or underprivileged in some way, shape or form. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the challenges that this sector of students uh, faces and why it's important for them to have, uh, you know, access to these sorts of programs? Hmm, Yeah. So, uh, number one, I would say uh, the importance of having access to these programs, I call them non-academic, right, mm. uh, is important across the spectrum. Whether you're B40, M40, or T20, yes. I truly believe that it's it's really important. Um, but we'll speak about, about that just, just a little while. Uh, when it comes to the challenges for underserved students, uh, it really is uh, access to exposure and opportunities, So I'll give you an example. Uh, When I was a teacher in school, uh, I would often ask my students, hey, what are your ambitions? You know, just a teacher thing to to do in class. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times, very consistently, the the most common uh, occupations that I would hear is I want to be uh, Aska Bomber Police, which is a military officer, uh, join the fire brigade and join the police force. Mm. And some will say, I want to be a mechanic. And it's not that these are very these are bad occupations to do, uh, not at all. Uh, in fact, I highly encourage it. But I was wondering why the consistency, and the the, the hypothesis was: is it because uh, it's all they know, and therefore exposure is limited, and they don't know the broader occupations or broader career possibilities out there for them? Yeah. And as we dive into it, and it is true, like our students, especially the B40 communities, they have very limited access to, to exposure, right? If, if your community is, is, is limited by its parameters, uh, the bubble parameters, then um, it is what you know, right? You, you wouldn't know that you can be an oil and gas engineer. You don't know that I can be an auditor, or you don't even know that I can, uh, you know, be a software engineer without necessarily need requiring a diploma or a degree for it. Right. Um, and as far as opportunities are concerned, it's really just um, where they are. Hmm. So I, uh, so I'll t- tell you the story. Where I am, a middle, I come from a middle class family. I grew up in Subang, hmm. uh, Subang Subway. Uh, my parents didn't have a tertiary education, but they understood the importance of exposure and there were some financial resources to support my exposure to the world out there Hmm. to get into camps and so on. Uh, My students whom I taught didn't necessarily have that, right? Their parents don't even have time to, don't necessarily have time to to, to bring them or to tell them about it. So thus, access is limited. The other thing about underserved students is economic priorities. Hmm. So especially during the pandemic, where a lot of people are complaining, oh, students are skipping class. Uh, a lot of students are not joining. Uh, and sometimes, yes, uh, it could be truancy. It could be lack of motivation. But a lot of times, it is also due to economic priorities, where a lot of our students, how you, no matter how old or how young, they have to step up and step out to support their family, to help them earn money. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think that... Uh a lot of these opportunities and a lot of these resources as well have to be, they have to be conducted with a lot of these factors in mind, right? And one of the big things about those lectures that you mentioned earlier is that they're not necessarily um, catering, you know, practically to the intended demographic. And so a lot of this sounds like it's trying to address what is 
uh, kind of a disconnect, right, between what the kids think or know uh, that they could be capable of and what, you know, what they could actually be capable of and just exposing them to, you know, uh, I guess a bigger world in a way. Mm, Yeah, correct. Um, Yeah, so a lot of our programs is really focused on on soft skills. Mm. And the thing about um, underserved uh, communities is that uh, compared to a more middle-class community, the underserved or the B40 require a lot more interventions and a lot more support to achieve a similar parity with the next uh, socioeconomic level, right? Mm. Um, And so a lot of times uh, the programs that we run uh, we emphasize on soft skills first and also mindset because, th- th- just because if you look at the world out there, right, because a lot of times education, part of the spirit behind education is to prepare our students for the working world. Mm. And if you look at employers, if you look at uh, thought leadership about, you know, the, the top future skills that are required, they're not necessarily technical skills, yeah. A lot of times you will hear phrases like growth mindset, uh, independent learning, uh, resilience, being proactive, can work with others, can communicate well. And if you talk to employers or even you know um, some of your colleagues when they're hiring, they will probably be telling you, I'm looking less of technical, but more of mindset. Right. And so uh, we believe that you know whether you have um, academic success or not, and because not all children are set up for success academically. Mm. But it doesn't mean that they cannot be successful. And one of the biggest determinants of uh, success for children is mindset. In fact, there is a study that says that mindsets are the most important predictor of student outcomes, even more so than socioeconomic background. Mm. Interesting. So essentially, you know, you're providing them with the uh, with the support and the structure uh, of these soft skills so that no matter what they actually want to do or no matter where their uh, path in life takes them, they are prepared regardless. And as you mentioned, you know, employers are primarily looking for a lot of these soft skills because, in a sense, technical skills can always be trained, right? Once you're in the job, you can sort of learn on the job with a lot of that. But, you know, if you already have the growth mindset going in, it makes things a lot easier. And also, you know, you're able to sort of adapt um, to whatever situation situation you're in a bit more flexibly. Precisely. Uh, so I'll give you an example, right, Christine? Mm-hmm. Uh, say say a role, uh, your role, a radio producer and radio presenter. Sure. Uh, if you're trying to hire someone mm-hmm. to be a radio presenter, my guess, and correct me if I'm wrong here, <laughs> um, is that you, you're less likely to say you must have a degree in radio ju- production or journalism mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, in writing. But uh, my guess is, because from what I understand, a lot of radio producers or presenters, they come from multi-cube background, a variety of backgrounds. Mm -hmm. But the qualities, when you interview for someone, the qualities, you focus more on the qualities that that a person carry, right? You'll be asking questions like, can I work with this person? Uh, Can this person fit with our culture? Uh, can Can this person be proactive? Is this a problem solver? Do they employ uh, critical thought mm. in the way they, they take on their duties and their tasks? Right. So these are all mindset and soft skill related. 
Mm. Well, uh, happy to tell you that although I've never been on the hiring part of uh, of the job, my degree has absolutely nothing to do with radio. So you are right on that front. There <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I totally agree that, you know, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what job that you have, these skills are absolutely essential to doing well just because you want to work with people that are good to work with, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, we're going to take a short break, but after that, I will continue speaking to Kelvin Tan, co-founder and CEO of Project ID, uh, all about the variety of programs that they're offering at the current moment, and also a little bit uh, about how these students are going to be benefited in their professional lives moving forward. So do stay tuned to Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9. Big Front Man, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Raise Your Game. I am Christine Wong and on the line with me today is Kelvin Tan. He is the co-founder and CEO of Project ID, an education social enterprise that runs high-impact programs empowering underserved students. Before the break, we talked a little bit about why and how Project ID started and some thoughts on, you know, the specific challenges for underserved students. Uh, although, of course, learning soft skills applies to everybody. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about the variety of programs that you offer and what they teach. And I understand that you know this varies uh, from time to time but let's start with one that i think uh, is extremely important especially in the pandemic pid online tell me about that hmm. so pid online is an open to all free online learning platform uh, launched uh, right after the mco last year the, the movement control order uh, so i think three days after the government announced the mco uh, what we do what we decided to do was we, we pivot from uh, providing live workshops and live camps for students all the way to online and giving them access to self-development resources remotely. And with PID Online, we sought to have uh, three themes in our uh, monthly workshops. The first was online career sharing, where we get different industry professionals to speak to our students um, and and share like, well, you know, their journey with our students. Mm. And the, the, the good thing about PID Online is that it is free. Uh, we don't charge at all for our students. It is open for students all over Malaysia. And, and, and true enough, we have had students from almost every state in Malaysia dial in uh, into our various PID Online programs. Uh, the other thing about the online career sharing is, uh, remember how I told you uh, we always don't like uh, we, like adults just talking at students yeah. because sometimes it can be a bit boring, right? Yeah. Uh, so what we do is with our career sharing, uh, we have our, we call them role models who mm-hmm. are the adults coming in to share with our students. Uh, we get our role models to only present for about 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. Right. After which uh, we open up a Q&A and our students will just go through different questions. Everybody can take turn at asking different questions uh, with our role models. Mm. And the idea here with this online career sharing format is that we are not only just um, sharing knowledge with our students, but we are also teaching them how to solicit knowledge, how to find out about a certain career uh, when they want in the future. Because it's, it's, it's not about just the knowledge, it's about the, the skill Mm. Uh, of finding information. And that's, right. that's the point. That's what we're trying to encourage. Um, so that's the first thing with online career sharing. And the second PID online uh, workshop type of workshop 
uh, we just called it uh, the, the, the self-development workshops, where we focus on a variety of topics uh, from self-management to emotional management to entrepreneurship. Uh, we even have a session on how or the art of journal- journaling. How do you journal mm. for our students? So it's just very general soft skill sort of uh, workshops. Fantastic. That's the second one. Mm-hmm. And the third, the third one is we call it Sembang Lepak. So Sembang Lepa is basically uh, like a youth chat. Uh, think, uh, think Clubhouse. I'm okay. not sure if uh, many people know about Clubhouse, but basically it's it's a platform where you know people are just dialing in to mm-hmm. talk about a, sing- a certain topic. So we launched Sembang Lepa around April last year, where we said, okay, uh, there are a lot of young people out there who wants to express themselves, who should be participating in the discourse, in conversations, because um, uh, the pandemic sort of caused a lot of isolation. Right. And to uh, encourage critical thought, uh, you know, we should always come up with a topic and let people debate and discuss with one another. Mm. And so Sembang Lepa is a space where all of our different students from all over Malaysia come in. And usually there's always a theme or a topic around that session. And they will just go at it for about one and a half to two hours. Fantastic. So that's Sembang Lepa. Yeah. Mm. Uh, another, just one more a version of a PID online. It's very similar to the online career sharing. Um, we call it the Inspire Series. So Inspire Series is uh, for Malaysian, recognized by Malaysian leaders to dial in with our students to ask uh, for them to engage with, with, with these uh, leaders uh, the same way as how they were engaged with the online career sharing role models. Mm. So to give you an example, uh, some of our Inspire Series uh, we have had uh, Datuk Nicole David uh, come into our session. We have had Farah Ann. Uh, we have had uh, Marina Mahate recently, uh, in, in back in August. Uh, we had uh, CEO of Sunway Education Group, Dr. Elizabeth. Uh, and again, different industry leaders coming in at different times. Mm. So yeah, that's PID Online. Fantastic. Now I do want to ask a little bit about uh, your uh, you mentioned a lot of career-focused uh, conversations with PID Online, and you also have an element the, of uh, sort of moving towards career aspirations, thinking about what you want to do uh, in the workforce with Edukajaya. So can you tell me a bit more about that? Hmm. So uh, with Edukajaya, what happened was um, we noticed that a lot of uh, young people were dropping out of school. Hmm. We said, okay, um, why don't we come up with a youth employability program where we run a series of uh, career aspiration-centric uh, boot camps. So we focus on self-discovery, pathway planning, career preparation. And then after that, uh, so we have about 100 students in this uh, boot camp, after which we are going to select 50 students to place them in internship positions with some of our corporate partners in KL. And these internships are likely to be uh, remote because uh, of the pandemic. Yes. Uh, but the idea here is to give opportunity for students, especially B40. Mm-hmm. And in this group, they are mostly from four, 16-year-olds, right? Um, to give them exposure to the world out there. So a lot of our students, they don't know what it means to work. They don't understand... Um, or sorry, they don't necessarily understand the full picture of what is required of them in terms of the qualities that they have to bring to the table Mm. when they look for employment. By giving them this early stage internship opportunities, they get two things. Number one, they get to see how it feels like to be working in a working environment for a short amount of time. And number two, they have a supervisor 
right? So they have someone invested in them that can guide them through and hopefully be be their mentors for, for that short amount of time during the internship. Mm, fantastic. Now, a lot of that uh, is essentially, it sounds like trying to prepare uh, students for what the workforce is like and sort of what, uh, you know, potential career opportunities may be out there for them that they may not have ever even known were available to them in the first place. And I do want to talk a little bit about, you know, that sort of accessibility in the form of uh, some of the aspirations of the National Education Blueprint. Now, a lot of the, mm. um, you know, goals in the National Education Blueprint were meant to be uh, completed by 2020. And, you know, some of these aspirations include access, equity and unity. Uh, access, uh, of course, being, you know, 100% enrollment across all levels. And then you've got uh, equity, which is about 50% reduction in achievement gaps by 2020 in terms of urban rural, socioeconomic and gender uh, gaps. And then you've also got unity, which is all about the education system giving children shared views and um, shared values and experiences and embracing diversity. And I just wanted to ask a little bit about how you feel uh, Project ID helps in uh, not only these areas, but in general with, you know, uh, moving this next generation forward. Hmm. So the first thing about access and the way we see access is uh, access to opportunities. Yep. Um, so for us, as we mentioned before, um, academic is only one part of education. Mm -hmm. Then there is the soft skill and mindset side of things. Uh, most people call it non-academic skills uh, or non-academic education. And so for us, we, we definitely see there's a there's not a lot of emphasis on this. I think it comes from both uh, the emphasis on exams and also a general uh, populist mindset, right? Uh, but because soft skills and mindsets are so important, uh, we wanted to create the space where uh, we are delivering those uh, programs and opportunities for our students. So this, this access comes in the form of uh, either internships that we create for our students or even free workshops and boot camps that we bring uh, for them. Uh, from the equity uh, point of view, uh, so as Project ID, we work with students across the spectrum from B40 all the way to T20. Um, but uh, for our B40 students, all of the programs are usually free. Um, so that's where we, we try our best uh, to bring in the equity part. Uh, and how we do that is we usually uh, partner with corporate partners. Uh, to be able to fund those uh, opportunities for our students. And there are instances where if there are no um, uh, corporate partners to come on board and if Project ID can afford it, sometimes we ourselves will fund some of those workshops, free workshops for our students. And that's for equity. Uh, when it comes to unity, uh, that's interesting because a couple of years ago, we actually had a project with uh, CIMB Foundation mm -hmm. uh, called CIMB Mosaic, where it was a, a five-day five-day camp for 100 students in, in one state. Um, and it's about teaching students about unity. But how we look at unity is less so, uh, less is focusing less on the topic of, you know, creating a nation around mm -hmm. unity, mm -hmm. but more of teaching our students about working with people who are different from you. Yeah. Because a lot of times we see unity or, or tensions come from conflicts and, and, and these conflicts typically come from not knowing, not understanding the other side and not necessarily knowing how to address those uh, co conflicts. Mm. So, uh, so from, from that uh, project with, with CMB Foundation, uh, we've always, since, since then, we've always incorporated elements uh, in all our programs uh, in, in working with people who are different from you. So we always tell our students at the start of our session, uh, three things uh, in this session, you must... Uh, understand the, the principles of accept, care, and respect. Mm. 
Hmm. Uh, so about accepting others, uh, showing care for people who are different from you. And, you know, uh, respect comes in the form of uh, being polite and being open, but it doesn't mean that you don't have to disagree. Right? Right. You can disagree, uh, but you can disagree politely and respectfully. Fantastic. Well, unfortunately, that's about all the time we have for today's show. But thank you so much, Kelvin, for sharing uh, your thoughts and uh, your experiences with Project ID. Thanks, Christine. You've been listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong, and I've been speaking to co-founder and CEO of Project ID, Kelvin Tan, all about their education social enterprise that runs high-impact programs empowering underserved students and also students in general. If you'd like to listen back to the podcast and you've missed anything, you can, of course, download our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also head over to our website, bfm.my, to listen back to the podcast in full. You're listening to BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.